Hi, podcast fans. It's Roma here. This week, we're trying something different. We want to introduce you to The Decibel, the Globe and Mail's daily news podcast. Rob and I joined host Tamara Kandaker for an episode they published during their very first week. We're sharing it here with you, just in case you missed it. Our conversation's all about pandemic savings, with a little revenge spending thrown in and some crypto too. We know many people have been suffering financially during the pandemic, but a lot of people have also been saving and investing. So this is a pretty wide-ranging conversation and one that we thoroughly enjoyed. I hope you enjoy it too and that it provides some context to the moment we're in. Here you go. I'm Tamara Kandacker, and this is The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. So saving has always been a foreign concept to me. And I'll admit, I'm probably worse than a lot of people at managing money. But pre-pandemic, it really did feel like my paycheck was flying out of my account as soon as it went in. And I'm not alone. In 2018, Canadians were saving about 2% of their collective incomes, according to Statistics Canada. In the previous 10 years, savings had never gone much past 5%. But for a lot of people, myself included, the pandemic changed all that because suddenly expenses like shopping, eating out and traveling basically disappeared. I've never been able to save as much money as I have over the last year. In the second quarter of 2020, when lockdown restrictions were at their most severe, Canada's household savings rate hit almost 28 percent. But that's a pile of cash sitting in bank accounts that a lot of us aren't used to having. This is brand new to me, and I've been trying to figure out what to do with it. Here's a chance to start to think of financial goals. Maybe in the pre-pandemic world, you could never have dreamed of it, but because you've got this nice nut saved up, maybe you can use that to accomplish something you never thought you could. That's Rob Carrick, and he's here today with Roma Lutsu. They're personal finance journalists, and they host a podcast for The Globe called Stress Test, where they give millennials money advice. They're here to help make sure we're putting our money to good use. Today on the show, what to do with your pandemic savings. Rob Roma, hi. Thank you so much for doing this. Happy to help. Hi. Pleasure to be here. I'm really excited to talk to you because somehow I've managed to save a bunch of money over the course of this pandemic, and now I need to figure out what to do with it. But before we get to that, can you tell me a bit about how common my situation is? How many people have found themselves saving money over the course of this pandemic? Well, one of the features of the pandemic in an economic sense is that there's a big chunk of people who are doing less. They were locked down. They're not traveling. They're not going to concerts. They're going to restaurants much less. And so they've saved a ton of money. And there's another group of people who have lost jobs and lost income and are really suffering. And they're probably draining their cash savings. But there's no getting around the fact that there's very estimates of 100, 150, 200 billion dollars sitting basically in big bank savings accounts of one sort or another and also alternative banks. And the money's just sitting there and economists are wondering what's going to happen with this money. So you are part of a large group of people who are in an unprecedented situation. You know, we're ready to sort of looking ahead to life getting back to normal and there's all this money sitting around and questions are being asked around kitchen tables around the country. What should we do with it? 
You mentioned we're not going out as much. We're not spending money on things like dinner, traveling, clothes, and stuff like that. And that's why I've managed to save so much money. But I've seen economists also link these savings to the federal government's assistance programs like the CERB. So, Roma, is that actually partly why people are managing to save so much? Because they received money that they didn't need? I'm not sure that that's the case. I think that a lot of people really needed to receive that money. I think that a vast majority of the amount that has been saved has been saved because of the change that's been imposed on our lifestyles. I do really believe that Canadian households had not been doing a good job of saving before. We were already hugely indebted and undersaved. And I think what the pandemic really did is it forced us to change our spending habits. What happens with that money is going to be one of the biggest economic stories of 2021. It could go a number of different ways, and a lot of really interesting things could happen depending on what people do with their bucks. Mm. So Tamara, just to jump in here, I do want to uh, point out that some of the money has been spent. Mm -hmm. We all know that there has been um, a nice chunk of online shopping happening. I certainly see with the amount of home renovations happening in my neighborhood and in families around me that people are putting that money, not surprisingly, into their homes. There's also been a fair amount of sort of lower end splurging happening mm -hmm. with people buying things just to help them get through. Regardless of how people save this money, this is good news for the recovery coming out of the pandemic, right? What are experts expecting people to do with the money that they've stashed away? Well, I'm starting to hear this talk about the roaring 20s, like, you know, sort of looking back to the 1920s, you know, I wasn't around back then, but I understand <laughs> it was an era of excessive partying. And uh, I imagine that's what some people think is going to happen. I've heard the phrase vengeance travel thrown around, like you're going to travel with a vengeance in 2021 <laughs> at the end of the year or 2020. You're going to make up for lost time. And revenge spending. Yeah. And revenge spending. So it's like I'm making up for loss. I wonder if there's going to be a FOMO effect as we get out of the pandemic. Fear of missing out on the vengeance travel and the vengeance spending, and you're going to see your friends taking these great trips. It's going to be even more intense than before the pandemic, and people are going to feel social pressure to spend to keep up with all the great rebound things everyone's doing. But I don't know if people are going to spend down right down to the bottom of their savings account. I think we're going to stop putting new money into our savings, some people are, you know, definitely should be paying down any debt they've accumulated with it. I mean, if you've got credit card debt, please take that savings money and put it against your credit card bill right now. Don't hang on to that money any longer. We've talked a bit about the big picture, but Rob, I wonder what's your advice to guard against that FOMO spending? Like, let's get into specifics a little bit. Okay, I think what you need to do is you need to start imagining your savings as a pie and you're slicing it. So you mark down all the slices. I'm going to put one slice into paying down any miscellaneous debts I have. One slice is going to be the fun slice. One slice might be, I'm keeping this back for future emergencies. Here's a chance to start to think of financial goals. Maybe in the pre-pandemic world, you could never have dreamed of it, but because you've got this nice nut saved up, maybe you can use that to accomplish something you never thought you could. Mm -hmm. I mean, what you've been able to do here is hit the reset button on your financial picture, which is a huge deal, right? So if you're starting from a position of savings, you're able to step back and say, okay, I'm not chasing my tail here. I'm not struggling to pay off my debt. 
I've been on both sides of this where I've talked about, quote, vengeance traveling, not in those words, but thought about how after this is all over, I just want to go off and shop and go out and eat and spend all my money. When I really think about it, I also can't really imagine going back to that now that I've learned how easy it is to rein my spending in. And I imagine it's the same for other people. And so all of those things, I think, that have happened in the past 12 months have made Canadians realize how fragile our financial life is, how much of it is based on everything, you know, going according to plan. And I would certainly hope that there are some people who would be cautious about returning to unchecked spending and relying on credit cards or home equity lines of credit to pay for things. Will that happen? I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty excited to get on an airplane. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it definitely feels good to have your bank account balance be higher than you've ever seen it. But what are the downsides of $200 billion being stashed away in savings account instead of circulating in the economy? Well, it's dead money. It's not earning much interest at all unless it's put into a very select number of online banks that have reasonable rates in today's context. I'm sure a lot of it is sitting in big bank Mm -hmm. uh, savings accounts and it's earning next to nothing. And the banks are using it very productively to make money for themselves. I would like to see some invested, but some needs to be spent. It needs to be spent on goods and it needs to be spent on services. Services in particular were hit hard in the pandemic. I think we need to treat ourselves and treating ourselves will be good for the economy. It's the patriotic thing to do to have some fun once this is all over. So I'd love to get some advice from you on how I should use these savings that I've accumulated. And just to tell you a bit about my situation, I am 30 years old. I still have a massive student loan. I would like to buy into the housing market because otherwise I'm really scared that I'm not going to be able to buy a house. So I'm thinking I want to buy a small condo um, so that I could eventually buy a house. So that's my first goal. I'd also love to have an emergency fund because it's been nice to have that and I've realized how nice it is. And I'd like to be able to take a trip. So what kinds of things should I be considering? What should I be doing with my savings? Well, it strikes me that the student loan is something you want to think about because as soon as you stop making payments on the student loan, you've freed up a whole pile of cash that you've been shoveling out every month into the loan. You can stop paying that and you can redirect it to other things. Paying off the student loan also greases the way for you to get into the housing market because it will help you afford more house. You won't be carrying student debt in addition to mortgage debt and lenders will like that. Mm -hmm. But I think taking a trip is a great idea. Maybe you want to set aside a little bit of money for that. I would think very seriously about how much is my student loan, how much have I saved, and how much of my big piece of savings here do I want to use to get rid of that loan? Because I see that as an inflection point in your personal finances. A lot of freedom, a flexibility and choice happens once the student loan is gone. What about people who are saving for retirement? What advice do you have for them and should they be doing something different? You know, a lot of people have not been saving as much as they need to for retirement. And here's an opportunity to backfill some of the years when you took a pass on RSPs, you didn't put any money in your TFSA. But I will offer up one caution, and that is that the stock markets have come an awful long way since the crash of March 2020. And I personally would be very reluctant to just take a big whack of money and stick it in the stock market inside my RRSP. So what I might do instead is divide the money into pieces, maybe four pieces and do it quarterly or 12 pieces and do it 
a little bit each month over the next year. Um, go into the market gradually. That way, if the market crashes at a certain point, you'll have only invested part of your money. Mm. One thing that strikes me is that people that are 30 that are trying to save for a down payment often can't afford to do both those things. They can't afford to both save for a down payment and save for retirement. So it's okay to pause the retirement saving if you cannot do both at the same time and really power save for that down payment if you decide that's what your priority is. If we could just take a step back from that, I think one of the best ways to set yourselves up financially, actually a good way to organize it is to just automate everything. So you mentioned earlier that you wanted to take a trip. So you create, it's almost like a jar system or an envelope. You set up an account that will automatically get some of your paycheck deposited into it that mm -hmm. will eventually be used for a trip. You set up an automatic deposit into a folder that will cover all of your bills so that at the end of the month, you're not scrambling to pay for groceries and that you're slowly putting away money for things like renovations or trips and even for your eventual down payment. What account do you think makes sense for people to use if they only have a little bit of money to put away? Say if they're in a precarious job situation, they're working in the gig economy, and they don't really have a whole lot of money to put away. Sounds to me like that person needs to keep their money super safe. And so what I would suggest is an account at an online bank offering interest of, let's say, 1% to 1.5%. It can be in a TFSA format. It can be a regular account. But the money has to remain safe. What advice do you have for people when it comes to credit card debt? Is it a good idea to use your savings to pay down your credit card debt? Absolutely. I mean, if there's one kind of debt you want to avoid, it is credit card debt. It's just, it's so expensive. If you have a balance, the rate of interest you're paying, it's around 19%. So it's not free money. And it's one of the top rules I have in our house is to never, ever, ever carry credit card debt. The other thing I wanted to ask you both about was I've been hearing a lot from friends who have made a bunch of money investing in things like crypto and other speculative markets. And I have definitely been tempted with this pile of cash that I have. What do you think of that? I think that if you are going to feel deprived or frustrated and like you miss the boat completely and you're going to look back and regret it, then maybe you should take a little piece of your savings and try it out accept that you might lose the money, every cent of it, and accept that this is essentially gambling, but we all enjoy gambling, or at least most of us do. I personally do not. And I think that, you know, pent up in the pandemic, people were looking for a little action mm -hmm. and they've been investing in crypto and in certain stocks. And there's been a lot of success. A lot of money's been made. And let's acknowledge that. Mm. I think all the big money's already been made. I think we're closer to the downside than we are uh, to the big upside. Um, mm. But I know human nature, you know, some people feel they must participate. And if you do, just contain it down so where if you lose money or you have a bad experience, it doesn't really affect your overall financial health. I'd rather see you invest in something really conventional anyway, like buy some balanced ETF, start an account at a robo-advisor, just put money away and say, I'm investing for the long term, for my retirement, for things that are going to happen decades from now. I'm going to do it in a nice balanced portfolio with exposure to all kinds of different stock markets and thousands of different stocks. And I'm just going to leave it be and I won't care what happens next year or the year after that because I know long term I'm going to make money. That to me is a sensible way for a 30-year-old to invest, but it's a lot more fun to buy crypto, I got to say that. Basically, if you want to invest in something like crypto or psychedelics, just make sure that you're willing to lose that money completely. Yeah. Imagine that it's a day at the casino. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, sounds really fun right now since we're locked in at home. That's all I have to put. <laughs>
Do you have any advice for what not to do with this money? Have you heard any stories from people where you were like, why would you do that? I would say don't buy anything with this money that is going to incur a huge financial responsibility or going to result in debt. For instance, you make a down payment on a fancy car, for example, that's going to mean expensive maintenance and upkeep and insurance and all that sort of thing. I think what you want to do is you want to take this money and feel that in the way I deploy it after the pandemic's over, it has made me better off financially. And there's still room in there to do something fun. That really applies to housing, right? More than anything, it's uh, most people's biggest expense. There's a lot of hype now about housing. Prices are, are skyrocketing. Talking about fear of missing out, it's right there with housing. And I think mm-hmm. it's a good time to be cautious and understand that a lot of the people that make financial mistakes do so because they have bought too much house. And so they buy the house being driven to jump into the housing market, feeling panicked because, you know, if you don't get in now, you might never get in. That could be true. But if you buy too much house now and you're not able to make those payments down the road, you're really digging an even bigger financial hole for yourself. That was Rob and I speaking with Tamara Kendacker of the Decibel podcast from the Globe and Mail. If you like what you heard with the Decibel, go ahead and subscribe for voices from across the Globe and Mail newsroom as well as newsmakers from around the world. They have a new episode every weekday. As for our team at Stress Test, we're back next week with a brand new episode. This episode will be focused on the fact that it's wedding season. I mean, or it would be in any normal year. And many people have experienced big challenges to their wedding plans due to the pandemic. But maybe we should have been rethinking weddings all along from a money perspective and a relationship perspective. That's what our episode next week will look at. Till then, you can find us at globeandmail.com and in Rob's newsletter, Carrick on Money. Anytime you want to write to us, you can reach me at rluciw at globeandmail.com. Thanks for listening.